hello and welcome to episode 87 of the 1099 for the week of April 10th, 2017. I am your host, Josiah Renauden, and with me today is the fearless leader of the GameRanks YouTube channel, which has like 3.3 million subscribers, which I'm pretty sure doubles every time I talk to you, as well as my favorite person that I still haven't actually met in person, Jake Baldino. Jake, how are you doing today? Dude, what's up? It is good to be back. This is the yeah. third? Third or fourth time? I think it's the, I think it's the fourth. Because you were on yeah. like like the first one, and then you came back for... Mm, I think we had like a, a, a little meetup saying like, holy shit, how do you have this many subscribers? And like, I know, I don't know what's yeah. going on. Um, and yeah, then you came on don't. for the No Man's Sky one. That's right, with Tommy. Yeah, and we, we <laughs> talked very positively about that game. Uh, and now now we're here. Now we're uh, – there's there's like a bunch of YouTube-related things yeah. I wanted to talk about this week. Uh, it, there's been a lot on my mind, and you know I'm pretty admittedly like outside of that YouTube sphere, and I need people like you who make living off YouTube and understand it way better than I do to kind of like tell me if I'm entirely off base, explain certain things to me, uh, get a lot of stuff off our chest. Cause I know the stuff, of course you want to talk about. Cause again, YouTube is such a big part of your life. So yeah, but I never get a chance to actually like run my mouth and talk about this stuff. So it's good. See, this is like why... therapy for me, dude. This is why I signed <laughs> up for this. This is, this is good. That's why you should really be on this podcast once a month. That That's really what we're going to be just doing. Just air here. out my laundry. Just Yeah, the, the Jake laundry hour, which maybe is not exactly <laughs> as I say it out loud, might not work as well as I thought it was going to. I think some people would come around for it, maybe. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll get some weird like Pornhub sponsorship. That's going to be like the really odd after dark podcast that we're going to do. So yeah, we're going to... We're going to talk about like YouTube games criticism, talk about, you know, responsibility to your audience. And what I really want to actually first talk about, because it is so in the news, uh, mm-hmm. Persona 5 streaming block, which is one of the strangest, most backwards things I've really seen in recent memory from a publisher. Yeah. Because, I mean, Atlas is threatening and threatening is the correct severity of the word there to issue mm-hmm. a content ID claim or even worse, complete channel strike or account suspension mm-hmm. for those who show certain or any persona five streaming footage i mean you get a couple maybe the first hours like giant bomb has the quick look that's about an hour and a half yeah i think it's with. roughly a third of the game and then they want it out nope. yeah and th- that's crazy so for you right now you know you again you are doing top 10 lists you're doing before you buy are you afraid to even include any scenes at this point because you do have some leeway but is there just any sort of trepidation like man maybe we shouldn't even cover this game because god i don't want to get in some hot water for you know just showing any bullshit from this game we did we did think about it for a second because uh the the fact that it would be like more of an actual strike against your channel and not just demonetized i mean we did conan exiles which had a bunch of penises in it yeah that's the dick game isn't it and yeah yeah that's what we call it the dick game here yeah and i that's what i did with that now we're at the point where we don't live and die by every single video uh so i was like I want to put the dicks in it. So if we get demonetized because it's not family friendly, I don't care. Whatever. Like, just put the dicks really in. Really quick, I am 1,000% going to just cut and take out the <laughs> I want to get the dicks in it part. Like, that's going to be used for the rest of your life. That's going to be a sound bite. Like, every time I do a podcast, that'll be on a soundboard. All right, keep going. Sorry. Jake Baldino, put the dicks in. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but Persona is a very different situation because it's much harsher. And for me, I look at it as – you, at first glance and the way i think about it i'm like man that's like an abuse of the system like youtube didn't really make the system for you to do that but if you think about it on the flip side uh m- movies uh people who don't want leaked movie trailers movie companies uh and stuff like that they crack down on that shit all the time and they use youtube system so it's a weird thing because yes 
uh, Atlas and Persona, they're they're the copyright holders. They are within their rights to do this stuff. But it's just out of touch, man. Like, I thought we were past this. Like, it's very much an example of a Japanese company. That's a Japanese decision. They're hardline, old-fashioned businessmen who don't get the sharing thing where it doesn't really... it's, It's not a big deal. It will help you sell games. People do watch a lot of video games on YouTube and on Twitch, but it's it's not gonna like kill their sales or anything. So to me, I just I just see out of touch and I'm like, that's really disappointing because you know how many times I've wanted to share a dumb screenshot of some silly dialogue from Persona? Like, hey guys, look at how silly this game is, but nope. It's as you need to just take a picture of the game on your phone. Which a lot of people have been doing it. It looks like yeah. I have higher standards, damn it. (laughs) Yeah, this this image is not high quality enough for my standards, goddamn I have too many followers for this. And it's so disappointing because this entire year so far which we're still early into it it's only april somehow but uh it's felt like kind of this resurgence of japanese developers where you have the neo you have um like resident evil 7 you have they're kicking ass right now yeah and some of the best games this year maybe the best games this year have come from Mm -hmm. japan and we so long to talk about like oh they they seem like they're kind of behind in development and this year has been the opposite but then you look at persona like why it's like you said, It's it just seems behind the times. And the crazy thing is, you look at Persona 4, and that giant bomb endurance run was one of the big reasons that that game found a big audience. It was, yeah. of course, people knew what Persona was. It wasn't like giant bomb introduced it to the world, but it became this word of mouth kind of phenomenon that it went from maybe this niche JRPG subcorner to people just talking about this game. And I, I think I saw recently, like, Persona 5 has already sold or shipped 1.5 million. So what the fuck do we know? Maybe people don't need to stream it. But do you actually think there is a possibility that some games do lose sales, win streamers with big audiences, play through all of them in front of thousands of people? And I'm not overly privy to here they lie sales data, but that's a it's a shorter game. It's like four hours long. Um, it depends how you play it. But like, you know, if if someone like a PewDiePie played through all of that, I think it, I would be super happy. Like, hey, that's really great exposure for the game. But, you know, maybe I don't know. Maybe the 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 who watch all the way through it are going to say like, oh, well, I've already seen it. I don't need to buy this. Do you think that's actually possible? I, I think it's uh, it's like a different scenario for every single game. It's like a, an individual case because, yeah, something like Abzu, it's like a beautiful, awesome game that I think like people should experience it with headphones for themselves. But most people will watch it. It's a three-hour experience and they're good. But Persona, I don't think has that issue at all because like you could watch they were saying this on giant bomb i believe the other day like you could watch two hours of it or so and then still be like all right i'm good i still want to buy that game because you know it's a huge massive hundred hour game Mm. and i just i don't think uh it's it's a shame because there is a lot there and i think even if you just see an hour of it a two hours of it or five minutes of it a part of me thinks that maybe Atlas realizes that word of mouth potential, and that's what they're capitalizing on with this little streaming band, because the previous Persona games kind of got by like that. For the longest time, I hadn't seen even a lick of any type of Persona gameplay. I had just heard about what it is. I had heard it's a weird game where sometimes you're in high school, and sometimes you're fighting monsters or something. I still don't know what it is, and I'm like 80 (laughs) hours into Persona 5. (laughs) So I almost think that that's like, maybe they realize that that's like, this is their thing with this game. To keep a kind of air of mystery about it, which is cool, but I I don't think that's what they're actually thinking. Just because it, it it does, like I said, seem like a Japanese move. It seems like something Nintendo would do. But Nintendo, on the other hand, has a way bigger uh, dick to you know wave around yeah. than Atlas. No offense. <laughs> now we're just comparing 
publisher and console maker dick size. Yeah, I'm sorry. Nintendo's dick massive. It's it's just so big. Uh, <laughs> I I do think part of this is just I think there's probably constant arguments between like the U.S. side of Atlas and the J- Japanese side of it, where uh, I, I'm assuming like not all Atlas games do this if i'm not, not wrong like some of them don't have the streaming ban i bet for maybe just the size of persona 5 finally the japanese branch was like no we're mm-hmm. we're winning on this one like you cannot stream this thing and it, it is it's so weird you do see other um i think it was it was either rebellion or it was actually devolver who kind of said like hey you can stream all yes. of our games like there's yeah. there's people who are making you know poking fun <laughs> at this and you know i don't, I don't want to say taking advantage but you know kind of shedding some light on it do, do you think any other do you know of any other publishers who do do this or do you think anyone will follow this lead more moving forward when you do you know streaming in youtube is more people are watching people play video games than ever do you think we'll see more publishers down the line maybe from the usa yeah we kind of like this idea too please don't stream past a certain part of our game I, I don't think so. The only place I see it really still taking off and, and in- increasing is in terms of influencers and YouTubers and the people they give it out to, uh, even for reviewers now, but more so for influencers and stuff. You used to get an embargo and it would say, you know, the most an embargo would have that it's like a little out of the blue would be like, hey, don't show this boss battle or hey, don't show story segments from this part of the game. But I, I see that becoming more and more because that's where they can exercise their control but ultimately, out there with a user base, there's only so much they can do. I mean, people will still put gameplay out there no matter what, whether it's demonetized or taken down. I, I still think that people will get it out there. But I, I do see where they can actually get control is definitely with the other side of things, not the consumer side. Speaking of influencers, which is such a super weird word, um, <laughs> but is yeah. a word that is used all the time. I, let's just say I've seen some PowerPoint slides with the words influencer on them. I'm like, man, that's really a thing, isn't it? Like we're sticking oh, with yeah. that, huh? Yeah. Um, this is the relationship between publishers and YouTubers slash influencers has always fascinated me because it, it, people who make videos about games um, independent of a website aren't often held to the same standards as traditional journalists. And I don't mean that in a negative way where I'm like, oh, they they don't have standards. They can do whatever they want. No, mm-hmm. no, no. It's not like the wild... Well, it might be the Wild West at times, but not entirely. Um, <laughs> you do see a lot of excited people who are thanking companies for providing them a super early copy. So before you, you're about to see a video that maybe is not reviewing the game, but somehow kind of critiquing it, they're like, oh, well, thank you so much for Sony to for giving me this copy or thanks so much to this company for doing this, which immediately you're always like, okay, well this sounds like they did you a favor. And like, that's yeah. what we're going into the video with. And we're mm-hmm. you're, you are seeing a lot of copies get to YouTubers before they ever get to reviewers. Um, and I don't blame publishers for that because if you are guaranteeing maybe a similar size or bigger audience and an almost definite positive reaction versus rolling the dice with a you know review site i get it like i get why you do that yeah Um, i do too but what standards do you think youtubers should be held to you're in a different spot because you are tied to game ranks which is also a website you're not Mm -hmm. just your own independent youtube channel but yeah is it unhealthy for youtubers to be kind of these defenders and maybe super exuberant fans of the game and be on the side of the publisher instead of kind of taking a step back and trying to be like, all right, I need to evaluate this game and talk about this game in a way that's fair to my audience who doesn't get this free copy, who doesn't, who doesn't have ties to the publisher and won't get in trouble. You know, if I talk bad about it, I I, I think there's different 
sectors for all different types of influencers. I I would like in a perfect world, I would like a lot of them to approach it like how I, I guess I do. I don't want to like pat myself on the back, but I think it was because I started in media. You know, I went to school for journalism before I dropped out. Uh, I, I wrote for websites. So like I understood how to conduct yourself sort of. So I took that with me when we started doing YouTube videos. But I, I, I think I, I, I'd like to think that most people out there, most YouTubers do have integrity. It's just they all have different varying levels of it. Like everybody has a different level of what's okay, what's not okay. Like, oh, okay, am I going to take that backpack from EA Games and wear it in all my videos? Yeah, sure. Am I going to take a check for, you know, showing a game in a positive light or putting a link in a description? That's where things, I think, get kind of murky. I I think there's always going to be some streamers or some YouTubers that just exist off of that. They just... Hey, look at this game that they sent me. It's awesome. Thanks, EA. <laughs> the, and the, and the, and I know streamers out there. Like, God bless. I'm sorry, but like, there are some streamers out there that that's all they do. Like, they are literally a mouthpiece for one specific company. Yeah. Where you put out a YouTube video or you do a stream that is just talking about a press release. It's almost like how people complain about game websites that just regurgitate press releases. But the difference is, is that you know, streamers and YouTubers, they're getting they're getting you know paid or compensated or or something in some certain way they're getting something out of it uh they're not just usually just a diehard fan of one specific type of company uh, but I, i'd like to think that it, it, it all boils down to audience there are going to be some audiences that go to those videos and they don't give a shit they're like oh that's just a pretty girl that plays a game or that's a hilarious dude that plays a game whatever i don't care but i i'd like to think that the people that do want a little more and do expect a little bit more the people that watch game ranks the people that listen to total biscuit i would hope that the people who are on the other side of that platform on the other side of that screen think more about it than that little fake gamer girl streamer would do you know i i, I think i'd so. like to think i'd like to think that the audiences themselves uh, kind of distribute themselves naturally there's going to be different quarters for d- different corners of the internet for different people but i i, I really hope that other people just think with some integrity. And and thankfully it does seem like they do. I've I've known a lot of YouTubers lately that take this shit seriously. You know, disclosing things is a big deal. Uh the the big thing um with what was it? Shadow of Mordor and mm-hmm. Xbox and that whole thing. That was a huge deal. That was a huge deal. It left ripples. Like you don't hear about it that much anymore, but uh when it came out that Shadow of Mordor was paying for YouTubers to say good things about it when the game didn't need it because it's a fucking awesome game. Uh, check, please. Now, um, <laughs> I think I think that is what scared a lot of people, not just on the media side, but on the publisher side. Now, anytime I deal with a publisher, they are super duper on it. Like they're like, "Hey, dude, just make sure you are super clear about this. Make sure you're completely on the level with this." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay, absolutely. Like you don't have to tell me twice. Like we're all in the same boat where we don't want Uncle Sam cracking down on us for doing the wrong thing." And I I think it's good that now things are kind of falling into place a bit more. In some ways, in some ways things are falling apart completely, but in a lot of ways in terms of this, in terms of integrity, uh, uh, things seem to be nicely falling into place. Yeah, I just think it's important that we're above board on all of the stuff and that people actually know what's getting paid for, know where, you know, that certain ties are. I mean, I'll always go back, and I really don't know anything about Rooster Teeth, to be fully honest with you, but I'll mm-hmm. always go back to that, um, I think it was Fallout 
for its controversy, quote unquote, where Jeff Gerson from Giant Bomb gave it like a three and talked about how, you know, it, it kind of pointed out issues with it. And they just like put him on blast on a video. And I think at the very start of the video, it was like a, you know, brought to you by Fallout 4, brought to you by Bethesda kind of thing. There's a lot of that yeah. going on. That's just really, it's mixed up where, you know, I, there's that relationship like with the audience that, you know, you got to just be open about that stuff. And something that, that, that also I'm, too, in, in terms of situations like that too, that also comes down to what would probably be what we'll talk about next with people who don't really know what they're saying on their platform. Like, did you realize, I'm sorry, that was Jeff, Jeff, Ger- that was Jeff fucking Gersman. Like, <laughs> are you really gonna like, do you understand whose review you're calling out? Like, I'm sorry. Well, there's this other, there is that half of the YouTuber Twitch who doesn't really know anything about you and me when we were <laughs> trying to make us sound like old people when we're not, when we were <laughs> like in high school and college and stuff, we wanted to do this for a living. You know, we were looking yeah. at, Jeff Gersman, Ryan Davis. Oh, yeah. yeah, reading Joystick, uh, you know, reading like One Up, listening to One Up Yours and uh, reading like mm-hmm. Kevin Van Ord reviews on GameSpot and stuff like that. So like that yeah. was our idea of what to get in the industry. But now for a lot of people, they're watching, you know, maybe not PewDiePie, but like they're watching this new kind of breed of YouTuber and streamer and Game Grumps, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And that's what they're trying to model their uh, kind of careers afterward. Like that's who they want to be like when they get into this. Um, and yeah. it's 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 an entirely different world. And yeah, for me, it's like, do you know Jeff Gershman's been reviewing games for like 70 years? Not really, but yeah, kind of close. Years. Yeah, that's like what it maybe 70 like. years. Like he's probably reviewed like yeah. 3,000 video games. And it'd be like, who is this Jeff Gershman that gives Fallout 3 or Fallout 4 a 3 out of 5? He is a terrible, like, come he on. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, okay. It's, it's super strange. I, I, I do want to ask you about, I don't know how much you know about it. But this, this dark, seedy land of publishers paying YouTubers to cover their games, which we talked about mm-hmm. a little bit before. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're at a point where major names, major players on, you know, with two to three million YouTube subscribers can mm-hmm. change the entire trajectory of the the narrative and the sales of a smaller game, let's say. Like, uh, not a, you know, a $5 indie game that no one knows about, but maybe a $15 thing that maybe otherwise would do, you know, 300,000, 400,000 sales. Someone on YouTube talks about it. It blows up and it goes places. It, yeah. it could change that fortune. So, like, how much do you know about that process? About, I, about how that's... Have you ever been contacted by a publisher of a smaller game or maybe even a smaller developer saying, like, hey, can we talk about coverage of our game on your channel? Apps. That's it. Mobile games. All the time. Like, every day. Wow. Every single day a mobile developer is like, we will pay you to talk about our game. Uh, and we always say no. But uh, in terms of real traditional games from regular publishers or regular game makers, uh, not a single time has Game Ranks been contacted under under my knowledge. Like I've never been contacted and been like, "Hey, hey, say good things, please. Can we make a deal?" <laughs> never. I I hear about it. I hear murmurs of it. Uh, even that, still, you don't hear it from like the big guys because I think now, 2K and EA and all those people are really paying attention and they're like, "Oh shit! Like this is a big deal. We don't want to get in this hot water." Um, but yeah, I've, I've, ne- I've never been, uh, a direct, uh, I've never been directly contacted, but I've, I've heard about it from behind the scenes. Uh, if even from, from, I actually hear about it more from people on the publisher and developer side than I do from, from YouTubers and creators. I think it's like the YouTubers and creators don't want to talk about it, which yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just such a bizarre thing right now. Like from, and it, the problem is it's it's from a distance for me because like like you said, I, I we did have some of those like you know Shadow of Mordor issues that mm-hmm. uh, 
because you're in the land of YouTube all the time, you know when things kind of like, oh, well, that happened. It's simmered down. It's gotten better for me because I don't pay enough attention to it. That's kind of what's stuck in my mind. But mm -hmm. uh, do you think the enthusiast nature of YouTube as well as that exchange of money that does happen sometimes, not all the time, I'm not saying it's an awful place, but mm -hmm. do you think that can kind of poison the criticism well for YouTube? Like me personally, I don't know very often what's genuine, what's fluffed up enthusiasm yeah. uh, kind of based on maybe it's not even a direct exchange of money it's this pressure that the youtuber feels of like oh if i don't want to lose my contact you know oh, my yeah. videos get x views when i get a game as it's released it gets two to three to four x views if i have this early so if yeah. i say things poor about this i'm not going to get it early next time and my views my subscriber count is not going to go up the way i want to yeah um do you think that nature do you think that kind of poisons the criticism well where it's hard to know exactly what's honest and kind of just to quickly branch off of that do you know of any really great youtubers out there who take the time to review games that you watch like do you are there any sort of names or sites out there that have great review videos that you think are doing things above board in the right way uh off the top of my head i can think of someone like super bunny hop mm. uh he does a real good job he's kind of like become more of a He's he's been making more videos recently where he gets a game and he reviews it and I think he tackles it really well, really professionally and really traditionally, which traditionally oh isn't always great, but like I, I think in terms of like his integrity and stuff, it, it's a big deal. But I I think it's it's a very I'm trying to think of other other YouTubers off the top of my head, people who have been stepping it up. Uh, yeah, and like bad, I think we, talk, we talked before we were recording. <laughs> we talked before we started recording where uh, Peanut Butter Gamer is someone who seems yeah. like he's he is passionate about games, but also can take a step back and like talk about them in an interesting, you know, critical way. And um, there's like game theory and different things that uh, take the time to look at games in a way where I'm like, yeah, I could tell you're super enthusiastic about it, but it doesn't feel like, oh, this video brought to you by blank. Like it's like an interesting way of tackling <clears> games. In terms of audience, like what you were asking previously, I, I think it's, you know, there it's good to have a healthy skepticism, but there has to be like a middle ground because there's a lot of people who think that anytime I say anything about Xbox, I'm paid by Xbox. And there's people who think anytime I say anything good about PlayStation 4, I'm paid by Sony. <laughs> so I'm all about healthy skepticism, but yeah, there are times where people are, are, are overdo it. Uh, but I, I think, and I, I keep leading on audience, I, I think it's important for the audience themselves to, you know, look. If you're going to be, if you're going to feel so strongly about what somebody says to you, if somebody looks at a camera and says something at your face and you're going to believe what they say, if you're going to go that far, I think you also need, it behooves you to pay attention and notice what the hell they're, they're doing. Uh, you know, are they being sent, you know, 20 copies of a game? Did they get sent a shiny new PC that has the game's logo slapped on it? Are they wearing the sweatshirt every day? Like, I feel like that you can kind of temper your expectations a little bit and that's where you can have some healthy skepticism. Not enough to freak out, but I, I think people do need to pay attention a little bit more if you're going to be so strongly influenced by someone on a screen. Uh, but I'm also like super anti like, uh, authoritarian like, I don't want, I don't want to listen to anyone dude, but it, I, I think there is a there's something to be said about that because it is such a gray area still, and it, yeah. it could remain. It, it's getting better, but it could still remain a gray area forever. So I think people need to pay attention, and especially as the younger audiences, because there's a lot of young people on YouTube. I really hope they grow up being skeptical, and it's almost good once in a while where a scandal erupts in the sense that it makes them think twice. Yeah. 
but just don't no. be horrible about it. That's that's it. Like there there has to be a middle ground. I don't you know it's very hard, but you know that's that's what I would like to see. Yeah, no, you do need those kind of crazy moments to be like, hey, by the way, this stuff might be happening, so make sure you're not just like, you know, going out there and be like, oh, everyone's being honest. Like, I'm just going to believe everything that happens. It's not always that way. And, you know, people, there's always going to be the you're paid for by Sony, you're paid for by Microsoft thing Mm -hmm. at this point. Like, I could, you could make back-to-back videos that bash both and they would go back and forth. Deep down, they don't know that Jake Baldino is really paid for by Nintendo. Oh, big Nintendo, yeah, paid by the big end. He, oh my god, people cannot like, These switch cartridges are delicious. People cannot tolerate the fact that I enjoy the Switch. Like I'm like, yo, there's some very bad things about it. But yeah, I like it. I, I like playing things on it. I don't have a Switch, but like I have a feeling once I would get a Switch, I would want everything to be released on Switch because you could just like take it on the couch and like go on your bed and lay down yeah. and play games on it. So like I I want to switch. You, it just it, please. You, you should get one. You should 100 percent get one with your Nintendo money. Please give me a switch. I would really appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, can we talk? Let's talk a little bit about YouTube economics because one of the main reasons that maybe there is this kind of hey to promote this game on my channel there has to be an exchange mm-hmm. of money or stuff like that mm-hmm. is because the ad system is broken. And uh, you mentioned that a little bit before off air while we were going on. Like, what's the current state of making money on YouTube? Has it gotten? more difficult there's you know random ads being pulled what's kind of the nature of that right now it's always been very difficult uh however right now it's a little bit in flux because of the whole controversy of uh, major advertisers backing out from advertising not just on youtube but also sometimes on google Uh, personally uh to be completely transparent uh, game ranks has not seen a single hit my personal channel has not seen a single hit uh, in terms of ad revenue, we have all our bar graphs are steady. You know, they're not like shooting down like everyone's saying. And I think people need to realize too, there is really an entertainment factor here where people fuck. It. Can I curse? I can curse, right? Oh, hundred percent. People fucking love. Um, they they love watching the videos of YouTubers complaining about how YouTube is is ending. <laughs> that is a huge thing. That is like if that could be a a a a style a genre of video, just complaining about YouTube ending. It, it would be huge. So these things do get blown out of proportion, but I do think they are still at their most serious right now uh, because there are a lot of YouTubers who are losing ad revenue and they're jumping to Patreon, which I think is good. I think Patreon is good. And I think the whole user funded media can be great. It, it, it's worked with, you know, PBS. It's worked with the Young Turks. It's worked with stuff like that. I think it can work with other YouTube types of things to kind of, you know, so many people think that the ad model is broken, whether it's on YouTube or whether it's on websites and I, I i think it's good i've just seen a lot of people lately this is my observation a lot of people with the new controversy have been jumping ship to patreon in an act of desperation and i think it yeah. shouldn't come up you shouldn't do it like that i was one of the first people to set up a patreon page like what i was on pretty much it when i was on that podcast we were like best buds with like the patreon like founders so like we mm-hmm. we learned we were lucky enough to learn how to approach it how to build it what works what doesn't and I think if people do keep jumping to Patreon, they need to take their time, create value, really understand what you can do with the platform and, and how you can make it fun and interesting and attractive for your viewers and then go for it. I, I think if you read an article about YouTube dropping ads, you can't run and do that. That's bad. But that seems to be what the state is right now. A lot of people are falling back on on, on Patreon. And I think the whole th- – that's also comes out of what you said with selling things and getting brand deals and being paid by companies uh, because that base AdSense YouTube revenue has always been a thing in flux. 
yeah. completely. Um, but now it's just kind of lower. It's 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 uh, for for some people. I haven't seen it yet personally, uh, but yeah, it's definitely becoming a thing. And I, I definitely think that Patreon. I mean, that's the thing. I'd rather see people go to Patreon right than take to, yeah. than take an Xbox brand deal and say Xbox is the best. I'd much rather them go to Patreon. Patreon, and I think you're right. It's it's a switch you could flip once. Like you yes. can't. You have to be sure because I, I I have seen people with. You know, let's say like twenty thousand YouTube subscribers and like a mm-hmm. thousand Twitter followers, which I, I I hate going by those numbers, but they do yeah. mean something. Absolutely. Um, and then being like, oh, it worked for this person. Like, here we go, Patreon. They get like forty three dollars a month. Yeah, and then it's like, like it hurt. It almost like that hurts you more because that's yes. I hate to be like oh, it's embarrassing, but like it it just it's not the best look. I don't know. It becomes it's... some odd evaluation of what you're worth, which it's not in reality, but like in, in this stage, it, it feels like that. And yeah. I, I was talking to Vinny Caravella from giant bomb recently. And he mentioned that. Cause I was talking to him like, you know, you, you go by this like um, subscription service with giant bomb and mm-hmm. you know, you guys started that site at a very different time. He's like, you know, what do you think about Patreon? He's like, you know, I think um uh, Justin McElroy was talking about this with me too, where he's like, I think it's smart. I think it's cool. Um, he's like, if, Let's say me and my brothers, you know, the McElroy brothers ever do that. Mm-hmm. It would have to be the perfect opportunity. We could only do it once. And we would have to yeah. think it through so well where it can't just be a, well, this worked for everyone else. Let's Give go. Give me money. So like it's, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, you, there's so many people now where you think of Kickstarter where those first few big projects got really well funded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was because, you know, people hadn't used Kickstarter before. They sound like great ideas. And the more you do that, the more the money's already, you know, there's not an unlimited amount of money. There's not an unlimited amount of enthusiasm for that platform. People don't want to be spending $200 a month on their favorite content creators to support them if they've been getting everything for free before that. Yeah. Um, if you support Danny O'Dwyer and Drew Scanlon and then suddenly like, well, I also want to support Kind of Funny, or I also want to go this other route and support this guy. Like you're you're running out of capital in that way. Um, yeah, we've talked about that here. We we've we've sat around and just kind of like been like, yeah, what is that going to be a bubble? That's also going to, to pop. Be. It has There's to no be. No way, yeah. it's not. And like, it, I'm already tapped weird... out on Patreon. Like, I have like the people I can support. And now every time a games media person I like leaves a website. And they're like, that's it. I'm leaving a website. I'll announce what I'm going to do next. And I'm always like, you're going to do Patreon, aren't you? And yep. then they announce a Patreon. And I'm like, damn it. I, I, like, I don't have any more money to give. That's the weird part. And there's also like, I would be terrified. I, let me say right now. I'm pretty solid about it. I don't think I'd ever do Patreon. Uh, that's not for me. Um, yeah. But I would be terrified as someone who would do it. Like, even if you are getting 20000 like, what if uh, in a two-month stretch, people are like, oh, I've kind of cooled off on this. And they cancel it. And then suddenly you're down, I don't know. You're down to 18,000, which yeah. you're still making a lot every month, but holy shit, that entire chunk of money that you expected is gone out of nowhere because someone maybe is going to college or someone just bought a car and can't support that. Like the entire system feels so fragile in a certain yeah. way and it probably I'm, encourages I'm you to, to real, change like things I'm, up. I'm starting to become more like businessy now and like learn business things and <laughs> business uh, Jake from my, from my limited knowledge. Like I, I feel like doing projections and stuff that you need to do is very difficult with Patreon. Like, it would it, it, it would really terrify me. Even as a free when I was a freelancer, I was never full time, but part time. I was worried, like, oh well, you know, you kind of allocate a certain number of articles you think you're going to write in a month to something, but what if that just dries up? And the editor's like, hey, like we we're going with someone else this month, or hey, like it's it's the summer months. There's not that many games to review. There's not that many things to cover. We're not buying stuff yeah. right now. It's it's very un you know it's it's not exactly solid footing with that kind of stuff. And I do think people need to stop going to it as this like. 
well, here we go. Like, let's, let's just try Patreon. Work for it. it has to be a like. It sounds weird to say it has to be a last resort, but it has to be right time, right place. Like when Drew Scanlon did it, um, he did it at this perfect time where a lot of people knew him from that meme. Um, a lot of people <laughs> yeah. love Giant Bomb, and it's a very personality based site where, yeah. if you know, some person from IGN who isn't as big goes for it, they might get, you know, eight hundred dollars, which is still great. But if you're yeah. Drew Scanlon and you're doing this thing that people want to see, that's when you get the twenty to twenty five thousand. But that's so rare like that's so hard it to is. do i and... personally like people are like oh jake you're a big you're a big deal i'm like i would never ever get enough people to care about me on patreon to like support my life no way it's it's super i i think you might have a chance but like i, 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 I take i take baths in gold coins so i don't think <laughs> i don't think patreon could uh yeah i was gonna say that's a pretty big lifestyle like, i live I, pretty I, big I, here i do in wear New York. eight watches on eight rolexes on my left arm and i don't know yeah. if patreon's gonna support that yeah exactly uh, but like yeah it's just it the idea of crowdfunding is super weird and i do think you know the you know websites ad revenue youtube patreon it's all in this weird flux that is nothing feels like it's really solid that like i i get why people are going that route and you know apparently it works for a lot of people you look at you know i have my certain opinions on like someone like uh colin moriarty who mm-hmm. went and did his thing recently but like Holy shit! You leave kind of funny, which had like twenty five thousand or way more, and then you get like another twenty five thousand over there. So people care, but like it's just it's it's definitely a slippery slope. Um, yeah. But there's also, I mean, because there's also the flip side. I, I also I, I kept an eye on a YouTuber I really like uh, who has just launched a Patreon, and he he, he does well. You know, he, he's got he's got big numbers. He's got like half a million subscribers. Every video he does manages like you know it averages like a hundred thousand views. Like he's popular. He he does well. Uh, he jump shipped to Patreon kind of in desperation after everything hit because he made some edgy videos and he got shit demonetized. Uh, but the problem with, with, with him is that he, by, and this is getting a little political. I didn't want to get political, but by like making certain types of videos, like maybe you make a video where you call Bioware feminazis and you say things about Anita Sarkeesian and you, you make fun of people who are doing certain things. You might foster more of an audience that is more skeptical and more pessimistic about certain things. So they're not going to support you on Patreon because they fucking don't like that stuff. So if you jump to Patreon, you're like, hey, now I got a Patreon. It can be great if you have fostered and cultivated a certain type of audience for that. But if you've cultured, but if you've cultured an audience on the other side of things, it'll crash and burn. And that's what I did for this guy because most of his audience are people who are thinking of a certain mindset and they're like i don't want to give money into anyone i don't you don't deserve that get a real job and you know what that's their prerogative but you, you gotta be you gotta have an idea of what your audience really is you gotta have like not everyone's audience is kind of funny's audience a game ranks in particular get, i know for a fact that our audience isn't like kind of funnies our numbers may be huge but we won't have people that will show up to a stadium tour and buy 17 t-shirts of us and and look at pictures of my dog like it's 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 a very different thing and i feel like if you don't have your finger on that pulse then you shouldn't be jumping into crowdfunding and you also you should really you know take another look at what you're doing i would look at pictures of your dog if that helps but i i fully Thank agree you. with you Glad there's one person. There, <laughs> there is that that weird nature of like there's kind of funny which is personality based and they the people who work there are more associated than any of the content they do it's like personality builds the content for you like you said um people know who you are uh but game ranks videos are more about the game ranks brand the idea of what you're doing these top tens these 
um, the, the before you buy kind of content like that, mm-hmm. where if you do a panel at uh, pack or something like that, even if you might get way more in terms of actual subscribers on YouTube and hits than kind of funny, you're not gonna get that same audience. It's an entirely different world and you do need to understand, take a step back and realize like, all right, like, where am I at? What, like, yeah. what do people go to this channel for? And like, I'm, you have to be honest with yourself. Like me sitting here, like if I start a Patreon tomorrow for the 10.99, it will get like $30 and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, oh, yeah. I'm angry at the world. It's just, <clears throat> it's different. You have to understand what situation you're in. Um, and you did mention not wanting to get too political and I don't think we'll get too political here, but mm-hmm. something that we can't really avoid about YouTube because we're now at this point where YouTubers are talking much more about much more than just games, which I do think is totally fine because you don't want to just be a video game robot. People have different interests. Um, is know, it weird that I do? It. That's all I want to talk about. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> fine. Jake could just be your video game, Jake, but, uh, that's like it. A lot of people want to go in different directions with their <laughs> yeah. coverage. Uh, but when you think of the audiences who watch a lot of these people on YouTube uh, who maybe watch kind of these troubling things that like PewDiePie shows and this, uh, especially JonTron was saying some things that I disagree with, which some of them were beyond just being like, oh, that's his political opinion. Like, no, we're getting into like some dangerous areas. Like if we watch yeah. TV shows that spread similar messages as kids in the 90s, uh, it would be influential on us. We would maybe start thinking a certain way. And a lot of this audience for these people are young, no matter what we think, like it's below the age of like 16 for a lot of these people who are watching PewDiePie and, you know, people like that. So are there lines you shouldn't cross in terms of what you talk about on YouTube? If you do have that big audiences and should YouTubers, like we talked about before, take a step back and understand here is my influence because I think a lot of people downplay their own influence. I, I do think we're at a point where when you have millions of people watching you, you are like a TV show in terms of how big your impact is. Should we take a step back yeah. and understand like what should I be talking about and what shouldn't I be talking about? Yeah, I, I think it's a tricky thing because there, I, I think boundaries should be pushed in certain ways in terms of what's funny and what's okay. But it's it's just it's really tricky it's so tricky i i feel like the okay just let me get it out there the way i stand on things uh pewdiepie's issue i feel like he was taken a little bit out of context i i think he made some jokes that were not good for maybe young people uh but ultimately whatever he's pewdiepie i don't think he's like a nazi or anything uh jontron i think is a young guy who's under who doesn't really know what he's saying said some fucked up things that's probably how he really feels whether he apologizes or not which he did apologize i think he did do the right thing kind of uh but i i think that right there is a bit more of what we need to look for in terms of weird opinions I, and and, like, and it's it's so hard to not be political i'm trying so hard well because um, the thing is like you, if you go like right versus left like a lot of i think we probably have mm-hmm. similar twitter feeds where it's not like right and left is differing opinions right is wrong yeah. left is correct yeah. which yeah absolutely. i you know i've admitted i'll admit like i do lean more left but i there's definitely times where mm-hmm. and i and i'm not trying to get overly political but like there are times where um you know i we shouldn't shut down and immediately get angry at every conservative opinion it's hard right now with donald trump yeah. in the office but um yeah. but there are definitely like the, the the going over the boundaries when you talk about these certain anti-immigration stances where you're like jesus christ dude like we're going from political opinions to just kind of being assholes and like that's kind of the balance that i think we're talking yeah. about yeah i think that's and not even just with john Tron in particular but yeah the whole asshole thing uh i i, I think that 
influence is really important. And that's what I've kind of been talking about since the beginning. I've been like, hey, like, this is a fucking big deal. Like, please pay attention. Uh, and I, I, but like, I don't know what to do sometimes because like, I get a lot of shit. Like, I'll go on Facebook. I went on Facebook and I was like, hey, uh, like I, I retweeted the article about JonTron on Facebook. And I was like, hey, uh, so this guy that your kid might watch is saying some things that, you know, Maybe construed as terrible, maybe construed as just a different opinion, uh, but it's just probably, regardless of how you feel about it, it's something that you just wouldn't be expecting your kid to watch. So I was like, just maybe parents, just if you pay attention to what your kid watches on TV, please, for the love of God, pay attention to what they watch on YouTube. I think that's pretty fair, but I got a lot of people who were like, it's free speech, who the fuck are you, you don't know anything, you don't have kids. And I was like, okay, well, if the parents are like that, the kids will be like that, so fuck them. <laughs> so, but um, I, I think I think that's kind of what some of it comes down to because, like, you can't avoid uh, bad bad things or, or different things or things that would, quote-unquote, be considered harmful to children out there. A kid can, when his parents are sleeping, turn on the TV and watch South Park, and South Park can mess him up. I mean, it happened to me. Um, also... Uh, not not even that, but the the bigger your and I've learned this even just with my Twitter account, the bigger your audience gets, uh, the more possibility there is for people to not always understand what you're saying or misconstrue mis misconstrue what you're saying or not get your sarcasm or a million other things in the nuance of human language and writing. Um, and when it's on a scale of millions, I I think you need to just at least pay attention. Maybe not. You know, don't pull your punches, but pay attention to the fact that something that you do could be interpreted one way in a way you intend, but also it could be interpreted a million other ways. I just think that's probably the smartest way to tackle things. It's a crazy minefield right now, um, especially because people are more, you know, I'm not breaking news when I'm saying people are more split than ever. Um, where it seems mm-hmm. like you could say, you know, like like you said, like one wrong thing and suddenly you're in hot water. And I do think in the case of John yeah. Tron, I'm, I, I think he did much worse than just one wrong thing. I mean, that's that we're going different. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 but it is really difficult because a lot of the the dialogue, like like if you post something on Facebook, everyone's it immediately devolves into, well, you're a cuck or whatever the fuck that means, or you're a snowflake yeah. or you're a social justice warrior. Well, you're a Nazi, and we're like we're not even talking anymore we're finding terms to immediately dismiss opinions uh, well it also comes it also comes to when you you notice with uh, apologies or lack of apologies there's a lot of doubling down and the doubling down always isn't always just i'm doubling down because it's right it's a lot of times it's i'm doubling down because i'm facing opposition and i'm gonna be an asshole about it you know i, yeah. I like I, I don't know like i feel like when you're when you're dealing with a thing when you're a personality when there's a big thing you should treat it like customer service you should treat it kind of like a business like be like look i pissed some of you off and for that i'm sorry that's it it's not that hard it's fine it'll make those people feel better um i recently like i had my own screw up but i was faced with a lot of like hey look i'm going to apologize because i legitimately feel apologetic and some people yeah. were like you're weak don't let these people you can't show these people that you can't make jokes anymore and i'm like no well okay you that's, feel like that but that's the shitty part and that's yeah. where and again i'm not apologizing for anyone but like mm-hmm. when you're a colin moriarty where uh you you say stupid shit all right like you you do the wrong joke definitely at the wrong time where you know mm-hmm. you're playing with fire like that was not an accent that wasn't a why people get upset you knew people are getting upset you yeah. were doing that on purpose um but there's this entire audience that's kind of 
fostered you to where the point you are and they're telling you like no i like what you're doing please keep doing this you're right and then you get paid this massive amount of money on patreon like there's this part of your brain that probably says like why would i change what i'm doing um it's this vocal minority that's against me it's the exact same on the other side so it's yeah we're at this point where that's why they double down where they're like no no no, no. like i first off i don't think i'm wrong i'm not really apologetic and fuck you i've been told by all these other people what i'm doing is fine so it's just this yeah. weird again no one's having conversations we're just dismissing people by labeling certain things in certain ways where it's not we i really just wish we could have a conversation where someone doesn't say like well this is like toxic masculinity and you're you're a cuck you're a snowflake it's like no we're not we're not talking anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. We're not talking anymore. Like, I, I, I don't want to be immediately dismissed in a certain way. I don't want to immediately dismiss you because you have these ideas. Maybe we're going to be on different sides of the spectrum, but, like, we're just struggling to actually have conversations, and that's what leads to so much of this doubling down, so much of this immediate piling on. Some of the piling on, I think it's necessary and right. Some of it is unhealthy. So it's just – that's not exactly a scorching take. There, there's more nuance than I think people – like I think people are forgetting the fact that there are nuance, there's nuance to everything. Like you can feel one way but not feel another. Like there's there's just so much more depth to it than right and wrong. Even stuff with like Mass Effect Andromeda, uh, how Mass the, – the controversy with Mass Effect Andromeda and how it's bad kind of for some people got kind of political. And I yep. wish it didn't because no, cut and dry – it's either a good game or like there's buggy shit about it. There's no like it doesn't have to be political. It's okay. Like I wanted to love it. I really wanted they, to love it. They turned the gun around. Remember that meme where the, the gun was backwards when they shot it? Um in the one cutscene, they finally in the update turned it around. So I think that game's good now. I oh yeah, that's it. They fixed the eyes <laughs> or whatever. They fixed the I, eyes. I, Did you see the comparison with the with the faces and stuff? It looks it does look better. It, it does, does look better, like... but I it looked better, but like I squinted and I'm like, hey. Oh, they really did. They didn't have eyelids before. They gave them <laughs> eyelids. Why did they? Why that am I, was... as an early adopter, not getting my eyelids in my video games? I think that sure. was a huge part of it. It's like, oh, because this, you know, there's that Polygon article about being early access. The yeah. early access was there's no eyelids. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. I was like, what? Uh, no one really blinks because they can't. Uh, they they also made uh, the the woman who goes, I'm sorry, my face is tired. You know that one. They they made oh, it so yeah. her hand. Now her hand covers her face when she says that. So it makes a little <laughs> more sense. Before it was just so awkward. It's like, I don't think your, your face is tired from being just terrifying. <laughs> Lady, uh, your face is frozen. <laughs> <laughs> so one last thing kind of on this issue before you know, we, we move on. Uh, because there's a lot of people who after the JonTron thing, they kind of, mm-hmm. I think it was Boogie. I don't I don't really know any of these people. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, came out and kind of supported him in this specific way and i do understand that there's this idea of when you're in a similar industry it's the same thing that when you're a retired football quarterback you're always going to side with quarterbacks when you're a retired coach and you're doing commentary you're always going to be like well the coach didn't know this this there's always that because there's there's understanding being a similar industry understanding how you kind of navigate that yeah but do you think that people on youtube who have a voice have some sort of responsibility that when there is something troubling being said something maybe that's goes beyond being uh there's a conservative take to like no this is actually racist and harmful to spread do you think there's some sort of responsibility for someone who is another major youtuber to maybe make a video and i understand the idea of wanting to come to that person's side but also being like mm-hmm. i think this view is wrong like i do think this is something that needs to be talked about because if you just go to someone's side all the time it, it i don't really know like it, it i don't really agree with that it's like That's you can't just like no matter what being like oh it's troubling but we're also youtubers so uh we're gonna support this guy like if, if shit's wrong shit's wrong 
That's that's really tricky. I've I've never really uh, I've never really thought about all that. About putting you on the spot. I yeah, man. Personally, me, I I'm I'm very laissez-faire with it. I see. I'm like, okay, that guy's being real shitty. I'm gonna go over here and not be shitty. That's it. Um, I I think there is. I I would probably tackle it the way Boogie tackled it, but I would never feel inclined to tackle it that way. Uh, where Boogie said, "Hey, look." I don't agree with what he said at all, but I will I will fight. I will defend his right to say whatever. So for him to say whatever he wants or whatever, uh, which is fine. That also leads into the territory of being like, don't no guys, don't punch Nazis. Come on. But yeah, I I don't know. I, I personally feel kind of hands off with that. I see. I go, OK, let, let everything figure it out itself. That's kind of dangerous. I know that's passive of me. I'm also a wet noodle. See, I'm, the problem is I'm also passive too, and I'm like admittedly so. Where I'm very similar to you, where you know I definitely said some like, hey, I think Gamergate's shitty. Like I, I went on that route, but like right. also I'm not. I wasn't talking about it every day that I saw something bad. I wasn't getting like so immersed in it that I'm constantly talking about it because yeah. I am more. I am awful with confrontation. I'm. Uh, I've said that multiple times. Yeah, so me like too. for me, That's I do. Why. And I do understand people saying, like, hey, if you just sit back, you're going to make this thing seem okay. And I totally understand that. I'm also just really bad at dealing with that kind of stuff. And, like, yeah. that's just part of who I am. So I'm not trying to, like, encourage it by not coming out against it. I think you're very similar. But it's just, like, I – there are people who are much better and smarter at doing that than I am. Uh, yeah. And I'm not – sometimes if, if I come out against a point and someone comes back to me with a point, I'm like, okay, I don't really want to argue. <laughs> I just want to tell you what, point. though. If you're – if you're a YouTuber and you you give another YouTuber shit about what they said, there's a lot of money in it because people yep. are attracted to that stuff. YouTube drama is still a big freaking deal. It's also part of the reason why I think YouTube is fucking changing the way it is. But yeah, that's a that's a thing. If you want to do that, there are people God, who just do crazy. that. Man, like they don't even do just... anything else. <laughs> Can I just name this podcast? Like, can I call out another podcast? And say this one sucks dick, and then we'll explain exactly. It, the podcast <laughs> won't actually have any information about that, but we'll just try yeah. to grab the audiences that way. Yeah. Uh, are there any YouTubers you want to call out? Anyone you hate that you can finally get some hot? Like, can you help me get hits by you calling out other people? Yeah. Let's see. I hate. Let me go through my subscription feed right now. <laughs> yeah, I hate. Just go through the people you're actually subscribed to. Yeah. No, nah, you know what? I'm pretty good with everybody I subscribe. Because, no, like, if I don't like compliment from before, fuck yeah, he, that guy. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, remember how I said I liked him? I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's actually, to close out, because we've gone through a lot, let's actually talk about Game Ranks for a bit. Because yeah, you okay. do actually have that YouTube channel. Uh, what's what's the content schedule been like lately? Do you have anything planned new? Do you kind of have it locked down? Like, all right, we figured out what people want. We're going to do this on Monday, this on Wednesday, this on Friday. Like, or are you at this point still experimenting and seeing what works? A little bit of both, I guess you would say. Our weeks are pretty much figured out. We have a before you buy every week. Sometimes we have two. Uh, we have the Friday show on Friday. Uh, on the weekend, we run more topic videos. Uh, we have an SEO video a week where it's just a generic top 10. We've actually kind of been leaning back from top 10s a little bit uh, and letting the rest of our content kind of show for itself. Uh, and it seems to be good so far. Everything is good there. What we're trying to push now is uh, a bit more personality-driven stuff. Yeah. And we're trying to push more... Um, helpful stuff now when a big now when a big game comes out leading up to the game we try and come up with a video where it's like hey these are the things you need to know about this game and then when the game releases we try and come out with videos that are like hey these are some tips you know like we've been trying to trying to add that and people seem to be so far enjoying it so we're, we're doing that uh we also uh i i've been working behind the scenes i want to do more collaboration 
with other YouTubers, yeah. ones that are just liberal snowflakes like me. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, no, uh, seriously, no, no. I've been we've been working on ways to collaborate with YouTubers. I can't really say anything yet, but I'm I'm really into that. We're also working on an entirely new thing that's going to be completely personality driven. Um, like a lot of other places have, but we're trying to like kind of give our own little ghetto game rank spin on it, um, which I hope I hope is cool. I hope uh, it doesn't scare people away. I don't think it will. It'll be fun. Um, uh, and other than that, we're kind of just moving steady. Things are still good. People are still coming around. New people are still coming around. I've been kind of doubling down on my own channel too because I want to grow that a little bit more. I want a place where I could just run my mouth. And not worry about scaring three million people away. I only scare away <laughs> a couple, couple tens of thousands of people away. So, does it still yeah. freak you out to say three million? Like, is that still kind of bizarre to you that like that many people are watching your stuff all the time? Because that's that's uh, fucking crazy when I when I say it out loud. It never ever never takes time to click ever. I have not had a time to uh, to really stop and and comprehend the number. I try to, and I, I still just can't. My my brain is filled with a million other things. The only time it really becomes like a tangible feeling to me is when I go to something like PAX, and I I get stopped or I get or I bump into people uh, a lot, like more than I ever expected. And I'm meeting yeah. a lot of people, and they like, you know, they like what we make. Like I, the other day, I ordered a drink at Starbucks, and the barista was like, "Hey, you're Jake," and I was like, "Wow, this is really Whoa. cool and crazy." Yeah, it's 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 good uh that i like i think i need that like one-to-one interaction with people because numbers just don't it doesn't click with me Uh, especially because i spend all the time in comments and you are uh, a brave man i moderate every single comment and i i i'm convinced that some people aren't even human (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah but it's 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 good it's good that's what i'm like i'm smiling as i'm talking about it so i I think that at least helps it's been one of the cooler things to see because i do remember like you were right at a million the first time we talked which was like two years ago so to triple that and be this like to be able to make a living off youtube and you've you know added more people to the team and it's it's super awesome to see uh i've had fun watching the, the growth and explosion not actual explosion you didn't die the uh explosion of popularity of jake baldino i've, I've um, learned a lot in terms of just everything uh working with a team working with other people how to communicate with people outside of game ranks like and just i i've i've just learned more than i ever could have imagined like i would i because i was kind of just like once it started to get successful it was kind of just like head first you know yeah. So I went from just being like, I don't know, I'm a YouTuber to I had to figure out how to set up an office. I had to figure out how to hire people. I had to interview people. I had to find I had to learn. new. It's just it was it was it's all very overwhelming. It still is. Yeah. It really is. Business Baldino in the house. I, I couldn't even imagine because you do go from like just hey, I'm going to do this for fun or maybe some cash on the side to, Hey, this is now a business and I'm kind of leading this effort. And like you said, an office, like how the, as like a 20 something year old person, you're like, how the fuck do I rent out an office? And how the fuck, do, what do I interview people yeah. for? Like, exactly. Like, it's like, ah, I guess, I don't know. They, they seem pretty cool, but they could be awful people. Who knows? It's but, a, it's a, it's, uh, a, it's definitely a far cry. I mean, first, uh, first year game ranks, uh, YouTube, I was doing it in my basement 
and I wore no pants for every single video that I'm on camera for. You can't tell because, you know, the camera line cuts it off. But mm. that's a fun fact. No pants for the entire first year. I had to go ranks. back and watch some of those videos. Yeah. You'd be like, that's fucking good. When I had like the white background behind me with the Game Ranks logo, which looked really oh, yeah. nice for a, a home setup. Um, not to pat myself on the back. But uh, yeah, no pants at all. So uh, take that, viewers, listeners of 1099. That's You're welcome. what people have been waiting this entire hour to hear. Like, finally. That, I was looking eh. for that one nugget to make this podcast it, worth you it. You got and it. It's Jake not wearing pants in those yep. old videos. It's a good title. You've made so many people's days. Um, Clickbait. So if if people want to find you on Twitter, they can go to at Jake Valdino. Uh, you are Game Ranks on YouTube. What's your actual personal YouTube? Is it just Jake Valdino? Uh, it's YouTube.com slash Because Video Games. Oh, hey. Yeah. There's also that one. It's a great name, right? I love that shit. Yeah, it's pretty good. I can't are give it up. E3? Are you going to E3? Yeah. Oh, God. I did not I... book uh, flights or a place to stay yet, but I'm approved. Um, um, <laughs> so I'm in the exact... I, uh, I don't actually know if I'm going to go. Michael Pactor, after we did the podcast, reinvited me to his party. And I'm like, shit, I just want to go for that very reason. And like, I get to like go over and meet Adam Sessler and shit. And because I have him on the podcast really soon. And he's like, yeah, hey, each other day three. Uh, and I'm he's like, great. I should, re- I, I want to, uh, I'm so angry because like technically right now, because here they lie just came out and we don't have anything to like announce or anything soon. Like I, yeah, I should, I, I don't have a reason to go other than I really want to go. So I, I hope yeah. that's it, it's on my list. Uh, Jake, thank you so much well, for doing this. I hope to see this. you there, dude. I hope to actually see you there and meet you for the first time. Uh, we'll we'll get back together when either another YouTube crazy thing happens or maybe some game comes out that we both want to talk about that's like No Man's yeah. Sky 2 and we can bitch about it. I need more therapy sessions, so this is good. Yeah. Oh, trust me. You have an open invite. I will be your therapist. I'll, we'll get the couch in here. <laughs> uh, so, thank you. No problem. Thanks again and thanks everyone for listening. Hopefully tune back in for the next episode of the 1099. Thank you